Well, this is an incredible flag bearer. Such a marvellous story. Zara Namati, Paralympic champion in London 2012. She remarkably has qualified for both the Olympic and the Paralympic Games. She only took up archery in 2006, two years after a car accident left her with spinal injuries. Both legs paralysed, but it didn't stop her from becoming the very first Iranian female athlete to become either Olympic or Paralympic champion. Sensational story from a nation that has such a rich history. One of the great empires was the Persian Empire. اسمش رو گذاشتم یه شانس چون که میتونست توی همون یک لحظه همه چیز تموم بشه ولی من این شانس رو دوباره پیدا کردم که زندگی کنم زندگی شروع دوباره بعد I was close to losing my life but I got a chance to live In this episode Iranian archer Zara Namati shares what it's like to compete in both the Olympics and Paralympics and discusses what gives her hope. I spoke with Zara, Mr. Bazad Paksad, Zara's coach, and Ms. Mariam Shakuli, Director of International Affairs of the Iranian Paralympic Committee. Ms. Shakuli speaks both English and Farsi, so she kindly translated their Farsi for me during our conversation. I'm Zahra Nehmati, from the جمهوری اسلامی ایران شرکت میکنم و خب برای مسابقات ورلد کاپ چین اومدم. My name is Zahra Namati and in London I became the first Iranian to win a gold medal in the Paralympic Games and in Rio 2016 I won another gold and silver medal. Oh, 10 10 10. And she gets a 10. Well, that's the way to win a gold medal, isn't it? That really is the way to win a gold medal. <laughs> And I'm also pleased to say that I was a flag bearer for Iran at the Rio Olympics. Zara is an Iranian archer who has competed in both the Olympics and Paralympics. Zara's physical disability allows her to qualify for the Paralympics, but she was also the first to beat out many able-bodied athletes to additionally qualify for the Iranian Olympic team. She won a gold and bronze medal at the 2012 London Paralympics and is her country's first female gold medalist. She's arguably the nation's most popular female athlete, competing in Rio, where she served as her nation's flag bearer. A tremendous honor. What was special to me was at that very moment, I was reviewing all of my experiences from my childhood. I've been dreaming about the Olympics all the years of my life since my childhood, so at that very moment, I felt that dream came to life. I asked if she could put the feeling into words. It was a very special experience and moment for me because I believed that I could send a special message to the world. And I felt that with this special condition that I had, I could give this image of hope in the heart of any person who is hopeless. So that's how I felt, you know, this experience also. This is something very unique, and even many Olympians cannot experience it. I asked Zara's coach what it was like from his perspective to see her win the gold medal. You know, regardless of all of those difficult practices and all the pressure on both the athlete and the coach, when the athlete wins a medal, you feel the ultimate happiness that one can experience. 
It's a great joy for everybody involved. When you feel that you've reached your goal, you're very happy and pleased. She deserved this. I believe it was an honor for all women. And it was also an honor for all of our archers. It was an honor for me. I've worked with both Olympians and Paralympians, but Zahra is the only Paralympian I've coached. Zahra is a highly qualified and high-performing athlete, and she gives me a sense of peace and confidence as her coach. When I compare her to other athletes, she gives me a higher self-confidence in terms of coaching, especially when she's competing. She's a true professional. Carrying Iran's flag was a tremendous honor for Zahra. While every nation has a different selection process for flag bearers, across all nations, being chosen to carry your country's flag is an immense sign of respect of not only one's athletic performance, but also the individual's personal attributes. I asked Ms. Shukuli how little girls in Iran think of Zara. What does Zara stand for for little girls in Iran? She is the epitome of hope, courage, diligence, and excellence. Also, she is cherished for breaking the barriers and challenging the stigma attached to disability to promote a more inclusive society for all. Little girls in Iran and all around the world will benefit from the inspirational legacy that Zahra as a remarkable role model lives behind. Zahra clearly represents the Olympic and Paralympic ideals. As I was listening to Zahra and those around her describe what it means to be a flag bearer, it wasn't lost on me that we were speaking at a time of incredible tension between our countries. In other words, sport has the potential to surpass all political challenges and connect people from all over the world. I deeply applaud Zara and the Iranian Paralympic Committee's willingness to work with me during this challenging time. As one of the world's top archers, you might be surprised to learn that Zara didn't pick up a bow and arrow until after her 21st birthday. And she'd actually been a very serious Taekwondo competitor until she was in a car accident. For me, it was right then at the age of 18 when this accident became a major challenge in my life. In a way, it changed the direction of my life. For the first six months, it had a devastating effect on me because I was always thinking about the impact of this incident on my athletic performance. I used that time to think it through. I was constantly wondering what would happen to my life. The accident left Zara with a spinal cord injury and paralysis in both legs. I was close to losing my life, but I got a chance to live. Zara's mother, Fatima, describes her daughter's response. She was always smiling, never complaining or crying. Can you believe that? Zara spent years searching for a new sport. So it was, you know, really accidentally, and let's say very accidentally, that I got familiar with archery. I was thinking of sports that I could do with my hands, and then I realized that in archery, I could compete in both the Olympics and Paralympics. It gave me this hope that through archery, I can achieve my goals. 
Zara is one of the very few individuals in our entire world who has competed in both the Olympic and Paralympic Games. So I was really curious to hear if she had any favorite or least favorite memories of when she competed against able-bodied athletes. Uh, So there are so many different memories, it's difficult to speak about one of them. But let me just give you a memory of one of the testing events in Japan. There I was with one of my rivals from Russia, and we had a very, let's say, difficult and challenging competition that led to the golden shot. I ended up missing my shot, but my Russian rival and their coach told me that it was such a difficult competition for them, and they told me that I played the sport just like an Olympian. She grew up in Kerman, a city known for its long history and cultural heritage, along with the hard work ethic of those who live there. It's almost part of their cultural DNA. I was born in one of the southern cities of Iran. The state that I was born in is located in one of the desert parts of the country, and the people living in that part of the country are well known for being hardworking. I do believe that the geographical location of the city that I was born in has an impact on the people that are living in that place, and also on me as well. I spoke with someone who had a lot of insight into Iranian culture and how it connects to their geography. My name is Nahid Siamdos, and I'm a visiting assistant professor in women's studies and anthropology of religion at the Harvard Divinity School in its program of women's studies in religion. I think Iranians in general are quite proud of where they come from. Each region and area has its own very deep history. And because Iran is also a very multi-ethnic place where people speak many different languages and have different culinary and sartorial cultures, and yet they're all part of the same fabric of a nation that's existed pretty consistently for more than, you know, for at least 2,500 years, more or less, but it's been fairly consistent for nearly 3,000 years. So there's this very strong sense of belonging to Iran, but also great pride that comes from being from a certain region with all its particularities. And Kerman, for sure, is, um, it's also famous for its rugs. You know, Persian carpets are another beautiful heritage that come from the country. So it's a proud place, and I can see how she would be proud to be from Kerman. And another interesting thing I learned from Professor Siam Daust is that unlike many countries, Iran seems to give a ton of support to people with disabilities. I think in some ways, the state gives more support to people with disabilities in Iran. This has in part to do with the fact that, you know, the Islamic Republic, which was founded in 1979 after the revolution, For the first decade, Iran was at war with Iraq. So Iraq attacked and there was a, you know, the 20th century's longest conventional war happened between Iran and Iraq. And out of that war came many, many disabled physically. And Iran, uh, the state, the new state, put a lot of pride into its martyrs, both those people who died uh, on the war front defending the country, this new sort of revolutionary country that was really in disarray when it was attacked and needed its, you know, the forces of the people to succeed in this war because its army was in disarray and, and so on. Because of this history, Iran may stand favorably when it comes to people with disabilities. In the spirit of disassociating negativity with the Iraqi nation, 
I was specifically asked to clarify that Iran's war was with Saddam Hussein's regime. Speaking of disabilities, I wanted to understand more about the challenges of competing in archery as someone with a disability, especially given that Zara competed against both Paralympians and Olympians. It's a little more difficult, for sure, because we are unable to use our back and waist muscles, and we don't have good balance. It makes shooting a bit harder, as we are unable to use our legs. The only difference in technique, though, is that we work more on our waist muscles and on our balance in the chair. Despite the ways that the sport is more challenging for a person with a disability, it doesn't slow Zara down. And in talking with her, I began to see that she always seemed to maintain a sense of hope and positivity, despite everything that had happened. And I wanted to know where that hope came from. I asked her. First of all, sport gave me hope in life. And when I do sports, I can't feel like I'm a person with impairment. I do not feel it at all, especially when it comes to heavy competitions with Olympians. I hear them confessing that we never thought that you were doing the competition in a wheelchair because you're competing just like us. So sport gave me this hope that I can overcome all the challenges of life. Especially when it comes to sports, it makes me more confident and more hopeful about life. As I listened to Zara and her coach talk about how sport brings them a sense of hope and peace, I realized that the Olympics and Paralympics do the same for all of us. They provide an opportunity for people around the world to come together, celebrate our differences, and showcase the talent, determination, and resiliency of athletes from around the world. The absence of the 2020 Games reminds us all, as if we could forget, of the reality that we're living in a global pandemic, which has obviously caused stress and increased tensions around the world. I sat down with Mark Yearin, former Peace Corps director and the current director of the Institute of Politics at the Harvard Kennedy School. Mark has dedicated his professional life to building bridges and community. Like Zara, he's a firm believer in the power of sport to unify and heal. I wanted his thoughts on what gave him hope and how he thought the games could support the values he had elevated in his career, building bonds of peace, friendship, and common understanding. While the competition is fierce, there's also the commonality and the good sportsmanship that is so evident in these games that does bring people together quite literally and visibly. So at a time where there continues to be these stress points globally and and tensions, I think coming out of the pandemic, God willing, that I think at the next games, given what the planet has gone through, from lockdowns to hardships to the significant consequence, obviously, of COVID-19, to be, God willing, moving through the, to that light at the end of the tunnel with a vaccine. I think rejoicing in our common humanity, celebrating this accomplishment, and I would hope really bring out the very best of the, of the games, which is to celebrate that accomplishment. As I record this in December of 2020, people are already receiving the COVID vaccine in multiple countries. That said, we have a long road ahead before things return to normal. 
And honestly, sometimes it can just feel like it's too much to deal with. But for Zara, this is the time when we should be feeling the most hopeful. For many people, it's very probable that any challenge might occur at any time of their life. But the most important thing is how we handle that challenge. We can view it negatively and treat it as a failure. Or on the other hand, from that very challenge, we can try to make the best of our situation. Let's just think of the outbreak of COVID-19. So many people have lost their jobs, and they might consider this a personal failure. However, it provides the opportunity to seize the moment. I feel like this moment is more like a test for us. It's a big challenge for all the people all around the world to remain hopeful. Thanks for joining us on Flame Bears, the woman athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. Be sure to tune into the next episode where I speak with Kimberly Alcamada of the Netherlands Paralympic track and field team about blade running and channeling grief into sports. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your listening platform so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Lastly, thank you to Michelle Poulin, Ramzi Asir, and Michelle Middleman for their assistance with this episode. Thank you to Karin Hanta for encouraging us to break the English barrier as we strive to celebrate more diverse perspectives, and to Dino Cataneo for his ongoing mentorship. Catch you on our next episode of Flame Bears. Flame Bears.